Hi and welcome to the podcast. In this episode, I'll be talking to Harriet Fletcher, who is a digital marketing consultant. We'll cover a number of things, including how to deal with that dreaded presenter that you have in your film who maybe is a little bit nervous or just isn't performing as you'd hoped. What do you do if that person happens to be your boss or your CEO? Um, we talk about how to ensure success through video and how to choose an agency when you're getting contacted almost every day by video production companies. If you're enjoying the podcast, please remember to subscribe and share. Harriet, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Really happy to have you on. For those out there that don't know you, it'd be great to get a little introduction as to who you are and what exactly it is that you do, please. Absolutely. Well, firstly, thank you very much for inviting me to join you today. I'm really excited to be talking to you. But yes, I'm Harriet Fletcher. I have been a marketeer for, gosh, over 20 years now. Predominantly worked in the tech space. And a couple of years ago, I started a, a marketing consultancy business. And so I now work for a number of clients, as well as running my own e-commerce marketplace, Highland Hiddle. Great, fantastic. Nice plug. Well done. Excellent. <laughs> uh, we've worked together a few times over the years, haven't we? And I first met you, I think, when you were probably when you were at Rackspace. Can you tell me a little bit about over the years, how you've worked with video and where, you know, where you've kind of seen things change over, over the years? Absolutely. So yeah, it was at Rackspace that I started using video. And that, would you believe it, Simon, is over 15 years ago now. So don't know if we want to <laughs> <Wow>. admit to that. <laughs> but yeah, so at Rackspace, we used video predominantly for customer advocacy. So we had some fantastic testimonials with customers and video really brought those stories alive. It's a brilliant medium to communicate those stories in a more believable and trusted way. And then they started sort of branching out and doing a bit more video, sometimes for internal comms, even recruitment drives to try and sort of get great candidates and attract great candidates um, on board, as well as corporate videos, you know, about us and stuff. And since those days, I've sort of increasingly used video more and more in more diverse ways. So more recently, you've seen that kind of in the lead generation space, using video in campaigns to promote um, either pieces of content or the video being the piece of content, maybe teaser videos for demos or webinars and events. So, yeah, really seen the use of video increase over those years. So obviously, as a as a marketer, you've got the opportunity to use lots of different types of media to promote the products or services or your clients. And video sometimes is seen as a more expensive option. What What is it that influences your decision as to whether video should be involved in, in the mix on any individual project or campaign? I think there's a few reasons. I think uh, video is is particularly good to communicate certain types of content so the testimonials for example as I said will people read a two-page pdf probably not so if you're going to do a testimonial I think video really brings it alive and makes it more believable in another respect I would say that yes video can be expensive or seemingly expensive but you can record perhaps say one piece of content and then chop that up and you've got in individual pieces of content which you can then use and it gives you just more options to use throughout different campaigns. So it, it doesn't have to be expensive if you are a bit more innovative in the ways that you're using it. 
And I would say that it's justifiable if you do think it's expensive because you get better returns. So if I compare using video in campaigns, you know, from a social media perspective or even email, video does get better response rates. You get better click-through rates. um, You get more people engaging, sharing um, and communicating that that piece of content. So it, it does deliver better results. How much better perhaps comes back to the quality of the video. So you do need to be mindful of that. You don't automatically get better results. But if it's well thought through and, you know, you're mindful of what you want the objective to be in the first place, then it it really does deliver. So that's great. You've talked there a lot about measurement and, you know, how video can be more effective sometimes, etc. But I mean, how do you go about measuring? How many of your clients do measure the effectiveness of the video that they're making? And how much is that a consideration when they when they commission video? in your experience, when people say, okay, let's make a video, are they then thinking and we'll measure it and see how effective it is and we'll change our approach depending on those results? Or is it almost like knee jerk? Have you seen any change in that over the last few years? I think it has changed a little bit. But firstly, I would say that people are recognizing that video is a is a better medium for things like, you know, corporate overview, for example, you know, how to quickly and easily get across what it is that you do. Video, again, can can really help communicate that. I would say that where used in lead gen campaigns is definitely marketing is quite analytical, just despite what perhaps other people may say that we're all we've all got crayons and we all do colouring in. You know, marketing is quite analytical. And certainly on lead gen campaigns, we are measuring, you know, not just click through rates, but all the way through to cost per acquisition. So how many leads is that delivering, but also how many customers is that delivering off the back of it? Sometimes it's increasingly difficult with changes in privacy and cookies and all that kind of stuff to sometimes measure it all the way through. But certainly to to be able to track that where at all possible is increasingly um, happening, especially when you are spending or you're choosing to spend, you know, do I spend money on this or do I spend money on that? And some companies, which is really good to see, have like a testing budget. So they will allocate a certain amount to try different things to see if they'll work. Kind of growth hacking is kind of um, the, the common phrase where you, you are trying different things. You're learning really quickly. You're seeing what works and what gets traction. And then if, if it works, you're bringing it into the mainstream strategy. You work with a number of different people, mainly in the tech sector, who are considering video. It'd be it'd be great to get a a better insight as to those conversations that you have with those clients as to when it's time to start talking about video then because I know you know we've we've spoken about this in the past sometimes and it's a big step for some clients who've never done it before and it can be quite scary for them you know they don't quite know what to expect so how, how do you kind of broach that how do you introduce the idea of video to these clients a lot of people are aware of how much or how much more difficult it is becoming. You know, we get a plethora of email coming through. We get bombarded with adverts on social media. And, you know, they are looking for ways to cut above that noise. And video is a really good way to do that. It immediately gets your attention. It starts, you know, the graphics start moving. You look at it and somehow by getting that attention, even in those first few seconds, they don't scroll past or or they... You know, if somebody mentions a video in an email or you open an email and there's video, oh, well, I might take a look. So marketers and and companies are having to 
look at video. There's loads of evidence out there in terms of how much better campaigns can perform. And as I say, there's more innovative ways that you can do video more cost effectively. Equally, my biggest fear is doing bad video. So I think that's really important to engage with And I would always advise clients to engage with companies who know what they're doing, you know, trying to do it yourself. Sometimes it works, perhaps, but, you know, there's different qualities of presenters, there's different confidence levels, you know, and there's a balance between being seen as overconfident versus underconfident. So there's definitely an art form uh, to, to, to doing video, even if it's seemingly user generated content to work with a an agency or a partner who really knows what they're doing is is invaluable. So I'd always advise that to my clients. You know, if you produce a brochure, for example, for the organization, even if it's PDF format, it, you would never send something out below a certain standard. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't do it yourself in your back bedroom and sort of send that out for a big organization. Yet they're perfectly happy to kind of take that approach with video sometimes. And I understand, you know, we talk about the hero hub hygiene approach to video and sometimes the the objective of the video doesn't really warrant a big spend and so you want to consider doing that in-house but there has to be certain minimum standard how do you how would you suggest a client decides on that minimum standard you know because what one person might think is acceptable is different to what the next might think is acceptable yeah and I think it depends on the company brand you know some brands are more professional than others and you need video to fit in with your brand so a bit like what you're saying about you know whether it's a press release or an email there's there's chains of approvals that things go through and video needs to fit in with your branding and you know professionalism of your company now if a company's not particularly professional they they might be more likely to make unprofessional videos but I mean I've seen it work before where you, you for example you go on location to film with a client who's not particularly confident or a little bit uneasy about being put in front of a camera if a company was doing that in-house, they may not be able to get over that. And then consequently, they may end up with an inferior piece of content. Whereas if you go in and you've got professionals who can put that person at ease, crack a few jokes, make them feel comfortable, give them a few tips, you can end up with absolute gem piece of content because actually that person has got fantastic things to say. You just need to ease it out of them and make them more more comfortable on camera. So I think quite often people may try and do it themselves but quite quickly they learn that actually that's probably more expensive mistake and the time and resources I don't think people realize the time and resources spent on editing and and pulling that piece of content together into something that's really professional it takes time and and to try and do that in-house again if you don't do it properly it will backfire but if you do do it properly it takes a lot of time and that that person's time away from perhaps their day job yeah, absolutely. It's very hard to, for us to quantify that when we're talking to clients. Uh, and we do work with a number of clients who've, who've tried it themselves in the past and then realise, exactly as you've said, that it's actually a lot more work than you realise to to start editing content. It's easy to, to take it to a certain level, like anything, um, I guess. But when you really want to st- start taking, you know, firstly, our editors are great at telling a story. That's the main thing. They can take an hour-long interview and turn it into a four-minute story that makes sense, has a beginning, middle, and end. But they can also take out all the mistakes, the ums and the errs, like I'm going to do with this podcast. So we're going to sound great. <laughs> Good. Take out all the ums. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there you go. There's one. 
So, but it's very hard for clients to appreciate all that effort because they don't get to see that, I guess. So it's being able to... Yes, they just get a polished video. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. You know, it's like I, I, I do consider it art. You know, when you have a great editor, the things that they can do, it's just amazing. You know, changing the order of words, taking words out, adding words in, all those things so that we can we can just really fine tune uh, the content so it's right, bang on message and super concise you know because ultimately we need to make the content you know as short as possible really and this is something we've talked about before isn't it Harry about the duration of a film what are your thoughts are around long form content as opposed to making content as short as we possibly can maybe five or ten seconds yeah I mean I think again it it, it depends on your objectives of the video if it's a a, a short snappy about you know, the company video, you need to keep people engaged, you need, you know, it's your elevator pitch, you wouldn't spend 10 minutes explaining to somebody you meet at an event what you do, it has to be short, sharp, and to the point. But if it's sort of a more techie product explanation, then quite legitimately, it perhaps needs to go into more depth and is a little bit longer. So I think sometimes it is trial and error, but it depends, do you want your your viewers to spend as long as possible engaging with your content or to watch the duration of the video. You know, is the video so important you need somebody to see it from beginning to end? Or is it just a matter of, okay, I've got a 20-minute video, but as long as they watch 10 minutes, I'm happy. Um, And so it's those type of things that people need to think about when they're creating a piece of content. What is the objective? What do I want people to do? And, And that may dictate, you know, the length, for example. But like with all these things, it needs to be short comparatively to the length of video, as in don't have things in there that are unnecessary. Stick to the key points, get those key points across well, rather than ambling and chatting away thinking, oh, isn't this lovely? Well, no, people just want to hear the facts, regardless of the actual objective. Keep them engaged throughout, you know? Harriet, tell me about how you use data to uh, influence your audience's journeys. Okay, yeah, I mean, data is really important. I am a bit of a a data geek. So don't tell anyone, but I am. But yeah, so I think looking at the data, seeing what content people are consuming, um, perhaps where their interest lies, you know, enables you to then curate content off the back of that. So for example, you know, if somebody is engaging with case studies and customer stories, you know, in a particular vertical, maybe you want to start sort of trying content that other customer content or leading them down certain paths creating personas so that you can give them relevant content and as a result you will get better engagement so send you know I think we are moving away from sending everybody the same piece of content because we're all individuals aren't we we're all unique and even if somebody's got the same job title they may have slightly different job remits they might have slightly different focuses so you know you have to not just look at demographics like company company size industry job title you need to look at what content are they consuming you know what have they looked at on your website what emails are they opening where are they clicking to actually help curate more relevant content and as a result you will get a better relationship with that individual or that relationship will at least continue with that individual because otherwise they might just turn off and you've potentially lost them forever so I think it's really important to understand what it is that gets that contact to raise their hand so 
you know, you may engage with a content uh, with a contact previously unbeknown to you. So they've viewed your website, blah, blah, blah. But until they raise their hand, as in fill in an inquiry form, you're not aware of them. Then clever platforms like HubSpot will tell you, oh, they also prior to them raising their hand, they looked at this page or that page or they engaged, you know, with this piece of content. But that is the, the, the trigger that got them to raise their hand. And I think that shouldn't be underestimated. And more often than not, Simon, coincidentally, it happens to be video. You know, video is a great medium to actually get people to raise their hand. And I think it's underused in that lead gen context where nowadays with technology, you can integrate contact forms on videos so that they continue continue to watch or, or they, they want to, to download a piece of content that it's actually talking about. That's brilliant. That was great. So I could see your passion there. That's where your passion lies in the data. And you've just told everyone that you're a big old nerd. I'm excited now to hear about um, examples of where your clients have done it really well when it comes to video. Can you tell me where, is there a project that really stands out for you, whether it was, you know, when you were client side or now your agency side, where where things have gone particularly well, where you think someone's done it well? I mean, I must admit, I do think Rackspace was leading edge. I think, you know, we were doing customer testimonials on video before anybody else. And, you know, I mean, that, that was 15 years ago, if you think about it, or even 15 years ago. So, you know, it really was at the forefront of, of video and I thoroughly enjoyed being introduced to the technology and seeing now how far it's come. In terms of people who are, are using it well, there's some great pieces of content that we've created, you know, sort of um, corporate overviews, but instead of the sort of normal, boring, this is us and, you know, interviews sort of more from an animated perspective, which again, I think stands out and, and is a bit different. Animation, again, can be a really good way to actually break complicated piece of, pieces of information um, and making it a bit more easy to digest. So that's worked really well for one client. And also I've seen it really well used to promote, I think I mentioned this before, you know, webinars and events. So again, you get bog standard emails, the amount of invites people get to events and webinars on a daily basis, you introduce a little video saying, why should you join? And all of a sudden you're getting much better interaction um, and click-throughs to, to, to actually get people to register. So I think yeah, I think I've seen it best probably from that kind of integrated I mean don't get me wrong, it doesn't replace blogs and ebooks and whatever, but I think it'd be a great it, it's a great way to promote other pieces of content and, and to grab attention in this busy world that we live in where you've got literally, I think it's what, seven seconds to get somebody's attention. Video's a great way to do that. I guess the problem is that uh, everyone knows that now. So it's almost as though the bar's raised. So, and we now need to be coming up with ways to make our video stand out from everyone else's video because Facebook and LinkedIn and most channels are now full. And we've been talking to a client recently, a B2B client that wants to move into TikTok because they feel that that is a you know growing platform. So it's it's challenging the ways that we create content whether it's you know even down to aspect ratio so it's you know it's it works better on whatever platform we're using have you seen anyone do it particularly badly um you've talked about success there now don't mention anything where we've worked together obviously um but, <laughs> but have you can you talk anonymously about anywhere you've seen it done badly where you thought oh my goodness why why did they do that 
I think, I mean, a lot of it comes down to badly put together content and and also bad presenters. So there's nothing worse than a really stiff, formal, unnatural presenter or, you know, where somebody is really nervous. So and it's so obvious. And, and, and I look at these videos and I think, oh, gosh, why didn't somebody step in and either tell the person who's really stiff and awkward to relax or help them relax or that nervous person just to you I mean there's nothing more painful than watching somebody nervous on video I mean I, I don't know if you've ever seen it before but you know and I know you can remove the ums which which again I've had to do over the years where some every other word has been um but it's that nervousness that you can't edit so I think the presenter if, if it is a that type of video is hugely important and shouldn't be underestimated the other thing that I've seen is, um, well, it it just winds me up that people don't use subtitles. It's just something really simple and easy to do. And people don't always have their audio on. So, you know, you're not going to keep watching a video if you can just see somebody's mouth moving, unless you're a lip reader, I guess. So it's just really easy thing. And, and personally, I think it helps reinforce the content that's being spoken and and key points that are being made you know you can highlight perhaps you know in bold or whatever so to me that's a that's a no-brainer so it it always winds me up when I see videos and sometimes from quite large large companies who who haven't put subtitles on I I just I don't understand why again I think this is down to the agency you know this is why you need to and I would say this obviously this is why you need to work with an agency that understand these things so that they can they can make the recommendations because it's obvious to you and I, but it isn't necessarily obvious to someone that's not used to doing this content. It might be once that once the film's live, they think, "Oh, yeah, we should have done that," but no one no one advised them to. The other thing you you made a really good point around nervous presenters. There, we did a white paper that that demonstrated that engagement was much higher with videos that had confident presenters. The question is, how do you ensure your presenter is confident when you've been told you have to use the CEO uh, or the CEO has told you <laughs> that you have to use the CEO? And again, you've touched on that. Oh, it's the con- it's the expert, you know, it's the expert that, that knows about whatever it is that, that the video's on. It is really awkward. But I think, again, that is where a good agency can step in and really help. For, for me personally, I've had one before where I filmed, filmed a client and it's really difficult for me to sort of butt in and say, you know, they're my client effectively, they're our customer, for me to say, oh, do you know what, you didn't say that very well or chill out or whatever. But, you know, a third party agency who's an expert at at, at it can, can say, oh, how about you do that again, but maybe do it like this or, you know, and it just, it just comes across as so much better you know you know you you guys know exactly what to say I would be reluctant to ever commission video without having an expert agency involved to be honest yeah I think you're right absolutely I've been doing this for 20 years and you pick up the tips hints and tips over those years and just the experience of knowing what you can and can't say to someone because you can say the wrong thing completely by accident and make them even more nervous yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. It's finding someone that you can trust because, again, that's something that people wouldn't consider an issue when they're thinking, let's make this ourselves and film it ourselves. Who's going to ask the questions to this CEO? Do they feel comfortable asking those questions to that person? And what do we do if they're not very good? It's it's much easier to blame an agency for being a little bit firm with the CEO than it is for you worrying about whether you're going to get fired the next day. 
totally, totally agree there. Um, great. Okay. So what about the future? Where do you think things are going to go uh, with video? What are your hopes? What do you hope you'll be able to tell your clients to do when it comes to video moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a few things, isn't there? I mean, to your point earlier, you know, video is, is not a secret anymore, how good it is. So there is a lot of people using it. And I think to sort of good and bad degrees. Um, so I think I think video use will increase with platforms like TikTok, as you say, you know, it's only ever going to increase. I think perhaps like with a lot of things moving virtual reality and kind of all that kind of stuff, I can see that being integrated more and more, that video content becoming a lot more sophisticated. Um, maybe it will be interactive, you know, where you can choose and, and change, you know, what you see through the video. So um, I think, yeah, I can see it developing in sophistication as a result, trying to stay one step ahead of the fact that so many people are doing video, you know, uh, to your point earlier, with with everybody doing video, how does your video stand out? And I think it's trying to keep that two steps ahead, using new technologies, it comes out to, to sort of really make that experience a lot more interactive and engaging. I think the points you've raised uh, during this podcast have been great. I think people will find it very useful. Are there any other tips that you would give to someone that's either considering using video for the first time or um, maybe they're they're in their organization, they're not convinced by video, it's not been effective? You know, what would you suggest they do if they're going to use video to ensure success? I, I think, well, firstly, if they're not using video, they need to start using video. Uh, I mean, you know, I think we've talked about so a lot of the aspects of where video can help communicate information more effectively, but also see better results um, of campaigns um, and lead gen activities. But the one thing we haven't touched on is how important video is to just websites alone. So, you know, Google increasingly wants uh, or is looking at engagement and experience, you know, I mean, it's not just Google, the whole planet is about experiences. So Google wants your experience to be a good one on a website and obviously people engaging with video it helps keep them on the site for longer they engage with with your content more so I think it's it's really beneficial from a uh, from a website perspective as well and a website performance perspective so there's just so many reasons as to why uh, video is important so yeah that's number one if you're not using video start so in terms of success, I would say, you know, it's engaging with the right agency who can advise you on all aspects to do with video and help you really gauge, you know, how you're going to see the best use out of it. So absolutely custom testimonials, but at the same time, how do you introduce it from a campaign perspective and a lead generation perspective? And I think have, taking a strategic look at that is really important, just like with PR you, you you have a PR agency who specialize in PR and help you get coverage if you want to use video I think you should have a specialist agency who can help you leverage it and get the best out of it and create the best content so I would encourage people to seek out a partner who you know they can work with not just on one video but have a plan you know as to how video is going to interact um, integrate into your overall marketing activities and, and then you can get the most cost effective use out of that video as well as I said before you know it doesn't necessarily have to be one video you can record one video but that can become many videos but if you're not thinking about it strategically 
then you know you're not going to be thinking of, of of doing things like that so yeah I would implore people to um, engage with a specialist agency and that brings me to my final question how do you choose the agency to work with because many of my clients tell me how they're contacted very regularly by video agencies telling them how great they are if you're new to this or even if you're just looking for a new supplier how do you how do you decide who to use amongst this kind of plethora of video agencies out there all telling you how creative they are now, as you're right as in there's lots to choose from but I do think it's it people need to do their due diligence so you know I would look for agencies who have experience in the particular sector that I'm in you know I think that's really important have for example if it's tech sector have they worked with other tech businesses you know there are benefits to that in terms of technical content to get across or compliance con- content that that is beneficial to have somebody who who has experience in that in that area I would also look at you know things like showreels and previous work with with clients and personally I always like to speak to a couple of clients if number one if 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 you can't speak to clients why can't you speak to clients because if they've got happy clients they should be more than happy to speak to prospects and and you get an insight you know there's there's no perfect person just like there's no perfect agency but it's trying to find the best match and the best agency that you can based on your own requirements so by speaking to customers you can really get an insight in terms of what it's like working with that agency which is 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 an, an honest opinion so yeah I think it's really important to do due diligence um, and you can do that in a number of ways. Brilliant again some really useful insight there uh, for the audience I know probably struggle with that and it's a big deal right if you're spending many maybe tens of thousands of pounds on something you need to know you're going to work with an agency you can trust that are going to deliver what you need them to so thank you for that it's been brilliant having you on the session today um hopefully it's uh, been enjoyable for you loved it yeah brilliant good because I... just like i love video <laughs> she loves video and that's why i got you on thanks so much harriet for joining me today um and enjoy the rest of the day brilliant thanks simon thank you so much for listening to the on the button podcast Big Button is a strategic video agency. You can find out more about our work at bigbutton.tv. I hope you can join us next time.